Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank you, brothers, for that testimony. We welcome all of you to our service this morning. It's good to see all of you here in person and all of you that's online. We appreciate you tuning in and we hope the Lord has blessed you already. He has me and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to know that uh, Jesus loves us. I mean, we can't argue with that. Jesus loves us and he proved that by going to Calvary's cross. Our message this morning is entitled, Wise Men Still Seek Him, in Matthew chapter 2. If you will turn there, please. We'll be reading the first 12 verses. Matthew chapter 2, Wise Men Still Seek Him. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Thank you, our Father, for your great love and your mercy and for this scripture. Or your words describing the birth of your son and who came to visit. And Lord, we need to come and worship you today. And I hope and pray that all of us have come to do that. And Lord, would you touch our hearts? Would you warm us up with the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can't stop until we tell someone about God's amazing grace and his wonderful love? Now bless, have your will and way, may your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wise men still seek him, and the question is today, do you still seek after the Lord Jesus Christ? I know you may have been saved for years and years, and that's fine, and that's wonderful, but are you still seeking the Lord Jesus Christ and his will for your life? Joseph and Mary were engaged 
to become husband and wife, and you know the story, the Christmas story. But while they were awaiting the date of the ceremony, Joseph discovers that Mary is expecting a child. And you know what that probably meant. Mary has committed adultery. She's pregnant. It's not mine. How? And then while he was thinking on these things, he had a visitor through a dream. Joseph, no need to worry. This holy thing is of God. It's God's son. Come to visit the world, humanity. In order to go to the cross and save humanity from its sins. But according to Jewish law, Mary could have been stoned to death. They did that a lot of times. But while Joseph, who was a just man, the Bible says, thought about what to do, an angel spoke unto him in a dream. Turn back to verse 20 of chapter 1. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared, appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, how would you like to have a dream like that? Could we understand it any more than Joseph did? But you know, he understood. I believe Joseph was a man of God. I believe he was seeking after the Lord Jesus Christ, even though he had not come yet, but he was seeking after God and his will for his life. But he said, while he thought on these things, that ever happened to us? What's my next move? And we begin to think, and I'm sure Joseph thought of this very thing. And the Bible says, ye shall call his name Jesus. Three names assigned to God's Son. And first is Jesus, which means Savior. In the Hebrew, it's Yahshua or Joshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. Many boys with that name during that time. But Jesus in the Greek, Mary's boy, was called Jesus the Christ. And that's the second name that was appointed unto him, Christ, which means anointed. It's the Greek equivalent of Messiah, Jesus the Messiah. The third name is Emmanuel, describes who he is, God with us. Jesus Christ is God. And you find the name Emmanuel in Isaiah 7:14, and you know that scripture. It's always already uh, also found in chapter 8, verse 8. The king then was a Jewish male who is also the divine Son of God, King Jesus, who is God. Yes, the Magi came looking or the wise men, or the we three kings as you sing sometimes. They were seeking 
And you see in this scripture, but as they began to ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? But did anybody acknowledge to them that he was the king? Very few people were listening. And I wonder if that's not taking place today. Very few people are listening to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of salvation, the gospel of love, the gospel of a man, the man Jesus Christ who loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his life so that we could have life and have it eternally in heaven with him. I wonder how many people are really listening today, really putting the name of Jesus Christ out there before a lost and dying world so that they can hear the name Jesus Christ. Salvation. Who were these wise men? Well, tradition tells us that they were men of high position from Parthia, near ancient Babylon. But how did they know the star represented the Messiah? They could also have been Jews who were exiled to that country for 75 years. They had the Old Testament scriptures taken with them. And they understood that in Genesis 3.15 that there would come a man, a son of God, who would deliver God's people, who would deliver all the lost of the world if people, if the world would just believe and trust in him. They had these scriptures possibly. They could have been Eastern astrologers who studied ancient manuscripts because of the exiled Jews, they would have had the copies of the Old Testament. May have had a special message from God directly and directing them to the Messiah. But whatever, they saw that star. And that star was not a regular star. If you go out at night and you look up in the heavens and you p pick out a particular star, that star is going to be there tomorrow night and the night after, a week after, a year after. It's going to be right there in that same spot. But this star moved possibly a thousand miles. That star moved, guiding these wise men to Bethlehem to Jerusalem, where the Son of God was. Oh, what did they do? They responded with worship. Man, we got to go find out. What, what does this represent? They possibly knew and probably did know the scriptures that the Messiah was coming. It had been foretold for centuries that the Son of God was going to come. And as Isaiah told, born as a little baby in a manger there in Bethlehem. Matthew's is the gospel of the king traced through David to established throne rights. Joseph 
was through Solomon. Mary was through Nathan, David's sons. Matthew records the visit of these Gentile magi and draws attention to their great question, a question that should have aroused all of Jerusalem and not just Herod. You remember how Herod reacted? You remember what he wanted to do? He told him, said, now, when you go find this baby, bring me word again, because I want to go worship him myself. But did he have the idea of worship in his mind? No, Herod thought that this king was going to take his place in ruling. He didn't want any part of that. Herod was a ruthless killer. The Bible tells us that when these wise men found the Lord Jesus Christ and the angel came to them and said, you go back another way. All the babies, male babies from two years old and under were slain by Herod because he did not want one of them to take his throne. But aren't you glad that in the nighttime an angel came to Joseph and said, up, take Mary and the baby and go to Egypt. God's always one step ahead of the devil. And all of his cohorts, no matter who you are, what you are, what you may think you are, God is always one step ahead, and he will always be. But that question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? A question that needs to be asked and settled in our own lives today. Another question, which king are you serving? And that brings our first point, who they sought. Look at verse 2. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? That was their question. Did you notice some words in that phrase, where is he? How did they know that he was going to be a male? I believe they knew the scriptures, and the scriptures foretold that he would be that male baby born to the Virgin Mary at this very time. They were looking for a man. Where is he? And Genesis 3.15 states that it's going to be a male because it states that the devil is going to bruise his heel. Even back in Genesis, God is taking care of things for the Son of God to be born. In Isaiah 7.14, the Bible says a son shall be born. The Messiah was bigger than all the universe. He created the universe. He created all of the laws. He created everything that we see, everything that we have. But he became a little embryo in his mother's womb. Now you think about that. The Son of God who could just speak and destroy everything became just a little small embryo in his mother's womb. And how he grew just like babies do today from that one cell 
to what you see today in all of us. Jesus was a man of God, sent to save the world. Yes, he was bigger than all the universe, but he became a little embryo. He created everything, but yet became subject to it. He didn't have to allow them to nail him to that cross, but that was God's way. And he became subject to what he had created so that you and I could be saved, so that you and I could go to heaven and enjoy the blessings of God throughout all eternity. He did that for all of us. He did that for the whole world. But how many in the world are listening today? Yes, they were looking for a man, but we also see that they were looking for a monarch. Where is he that is born a king? Born a king. See, that's what upset Herod. He was the king. Some people don't want to worship the king. They want to worship themselves. They think they have the answer. But Jesus is the true answer. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the monarch that will come again. Sure, he came that first time as a little babe, but he won't come that way the next time. He will come king of kings and lord of lords the next time. Yes, Jesus spoke and great miracles happened. You remember the three that were raised from the dead? You remember the water that was turned into wine? You remember all of the healing that he did? He just simply spoke and it happened. That's our Savior. That's the monarch born king from the very beginning. He spoke and great miracles happened. But yet he kept silent before Herod. Herod would ask him questions, but just only a, two or three occasions did he answer those questions. He kept silent because he knew that this was his hour. He knew that just in a few short hours, he would be nailed to the cross. The monarch, the king, the ruler of all rulers, the creator of everything would be nailed to that cross for you, for me, for the whole world. He kept silent before Herod. Folks, don't do that today. Do not keep silent when you have a chance to stand up for King Jesus. Do not keep silent when you have a chance to tell someone about what Jesus has done for you, how he has changed your life, how he cured you from a disease, how he will save you and take you to heaven if you will just believe in Jesus Christ. 
monarch born as a king. But we also see that he was the Messiah. He was the Messiah of the Jews. Fulfillment of prophecy. All through the scriptures, the Bible tells of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ would be born in Bethlehem on that very particular night that God had already set for him to be born. The devil tried to stop that. Now, whether he was responsible, but they just decided to have a registration, a taxation, and everybody had to go back to their home country. Mary was nine months pregnant. The devil said, I can kill her right now and we'll not have that baby born. But you know what? She got there fine and dandy. Gave birth to the Son of God. And the devil was defeated again. Yes, fulfillment of prophecy, but rejected by those waiting. What were the scribes and the Pharisees doing? Well, he's been predicted in the Old Testament that he's coming. Prophets foretold that he was coming, but for 400 and some years there was a silent period. They had no prophets. Everybody lived like they thought they should have. And then all of a sudden, the wise men show up. And next week, we're going to see why the, what the shepherds did. But the wise men showed up. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? All rejected by those waiting for him the very one who is the forgiver of sins, but later will judge sin. And I hope we're really thinking about that. What are you going to do when you stand before King Jesus? What about the sins that we've committed? Well, let me admonish you to put them under the blood. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of those sins. And when you're standing in front of the Lord Jesus Christ on that judgment day, you know what he's going to see? He won't see those sins, but he'll see the blood that covered those sins. I can go back in my life and I've seen things, I can see things that I, man, I wished I'd have never done that. But when I get there, they'll be covered in the blood. And Jesus will say, come on in. But if you're lost, you won't hear that. You won't be judged for another thousand and seven years. When you stand before the great white throne, 
The earth has been destroyed. They're out there in space somewhere. Jesus has that great white throne set up. And one by one, all of those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ will stand in front of him and hear those words, depart. I don't believe one sitting here today wants to hear those words. Depart. Well, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't we do a whole lot in the church? Didn't we give a whole lot? Didn't we pray a whole lot? But Jesus says, depart. And the question is, has your heart been changed? Have you asked the Lord in sincerity, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But Lord, would you forgive me? See, that's what's going to change your destination. But we also see their quest. Balaam referred to a coming star out of Jacob in Numbers 24. But we see a revelation. The wise men said, we have seen. We have seen that star. But they knew that star was different. It didn't stay in one spot. Every time God wanted them to move, that star would move. Until it stood over the manger where the Lord Jesus Christ lay. Yes, there was revelation. And there was also adoration. Yes, we have seen, but we have come to worship. And I hope that's why we came today, was to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. They came from far, but they did not let that stop them from worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Many come to worship, but do not make that last decision of obedience to worship. Herod said he wanted to go worship, but he had other things in mind. The second thing we see is what they thought. They substituted reason for revelation. Reason took them to Jerusalem and to Herod. But when our eyes are on the world, our consecration is not on Jesus. So many look at reason. But we also see that they substituted revelation for reason. Look at verse 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. Revelation 
took them to Christ. Isn't that what this word is for? God has revealed his son in this word, in this book. And he wants to reveal his son unto you, unto me, to all the lost people in the world. God wants to reveal his son unto you. There will be a lot of presents exchanged this Christmas. You'll receive a lot of presents, but the best you'll ever get would be Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, we need to focus our attention on God's revelation, the revealing of Jesus Christ, His Son. We see what they brought in verse 11. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why gold? Well, gold was a gift for a mighty king. Men want all they can get. But they brought gold. Mary and Joseph needed a way. Now, this is my own thinking. When they went to Egypt, didn't know they was going to Egypt to sustain themselves. God knew. Why did that one person think about gold? Well, have no idea other than what the scriptures tell us. Down here, people want to worship gold. But up there, we'll be walking on the streets of gold. Clear as crystal, the Bible says. Yes, they brought gold and they brought frankincense. A gift for a ministering priest. It was a gift for deity. Jesus was poor, but yet he was rich. He was just a child, but yet he will become and already is the high priest. Interceding for us. I'm so thankful for that. And then there was Mary, a gift for a martyred prophet. Did Mary know that when she brought that? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But these gifts point to the Lord Jesus Christ. Gifts that would honor the Christ for who he is and being willing to give him what is valuable to us. See, all three of these things were valuable back then. But are we willing to give them to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we willing to give the best that we have for our Savior? 
God warned these wise men not to return to Herod, but to leave in a different direction. I believe with all of my heart, even today, God is warning us through the Holy Spirit not to go back where we were. Not to do those things that we used to do. But put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And allow his spirit to guide us and direct us every moment of the day. How many times has the Holy Spirit warned us not to indulge in certain things that would cause us heartache and trouble? Folks, we need to listen today. We need to honor our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the song sometimes we sing as an invitation, wherever he leads, I'll go. Whatever he wants, I'll give. To be truly happy, you must do those things. And the Bible says we need to come just as we are. Lord, you know my present, you know my past, and you, past, and you know what's going to happen in the future. I'm yours. And that's simply the invitation this morning. Lord, I'm yours. I need you. I want you. Use me for your glory. As our brother comes for our hymn of invitation, I want you to look at yourself. Are we like those wise men? Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east. But we have come to worship. Worship him. And you'll never go wrong. Father, thank you for your words today. Thank you for your son. Even though born in that little manger, died on the cross, but he gave a promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I am coming again. But if there's one here that's lost, never surrendered to you, we pray that you would urge them to do that today before it's too late. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.